scoop. I wanted a double or at least a double or a triple. But a double's better than a single. So a double portion would be better than just a, just a little brill cream shot, little dab do you, all right? I don't, I don't want that. I want as much of God as I can get. And I really believe that we as, as children of God tonight, we need to have this same desire and attitude that, uh, that Elisha has here in dealing with uh, and, and when, he, when, he's, when he's following Elijah right before Elijah's caught up. So I'm going to start reading. Um, you can read this whole chapter when you get home or, or this week at least. Um, start at verse 1 and read down. But I'm just going to start at verse 9 for time's sake tonight and read through verse 15. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9, And it came to pass... When they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I'm taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Hallelujah. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. And he took up, notice verse 13, and he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? That's the question we need to be asking. Where is the God of Elijah tonight? I can tell you right now, he's right here at Abundant Life Family Church, the same God of Elijah. Amen. And when he also had smitten the waters... They parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. And when the sons of the prophets which were to view at Jericho saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah does rest upon Elisha. This is one of the most interesting passages of of Scripture in the Bible. It's always been one of my favorite Bible passages because Elijah has been such a great man of God. Such a great prophet of God. And as I said, after the revival, we may go back and touch on a couple of more things about his life. But, but he has had such a great ministry. And uh, God is ready now to take Elijah to heaven by ascension. He's going to ascend to heaven. Elijah, Elijah was one of two individuals that did not see death. And you know the other one was Enoch. Enoch and Elijah are the two men, two men in history that did not see death. Uh, They're still alive today in their natural bodies awaiting to come back as the two witnesses in the book of Revelation chapter 11 to prophesy during the second three and a half years of the great tribulation. Then they will be killed and will die there 
um, their, their um, appointed death during the tribulation period. But Elijah was caught up alive. He, he is, God just caught him up into heaven alive. Here, you know, a few chapters ago, he was praying to die. And I bet he was glad God didn't answer that prayer because now God just raptured him out. And every time I read about this, you know, this is a picture. When we see God taking Elijah and rapturing him out, it's a picture of the rapture of the church, really. And because what happened to Elijah here in this, in this second chapter is going to happen. Oh, hallelujah. I said it's going to happen to every Christian, every believer that is alive on this earth when Jesus comes to take his people in the rapture. And I just want to reassure you tonight and just reaffirm something, and that is that the Lord Jesus Christ is still coming back. Amen. He's coming back with a shout, of, uh, with, a shout with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. The heavens are going to open. Jesus is coming back for his church. Amen. Paul said he's going to descend from heaven with a shout. Amen. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's, that's what we refer to as the rapture of the church. That's the next great event on God's time clock, on God's prophetic calendar. There's nothing that has to take place. There's no prophecy that has to be fulfilled for the rapture of the church to take place. So what happened to, praise God, what happened to Elijah? If, if we're still alive when Jesus comes, and I tell you what, he could come tonight. I'm looking for him to come tonight. I'm expecting him to come tonight. I'm ready should he come tonight. How many is ready tonight should Jesus come back tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. But Elijah was caught up in a rapture, so to speak, and he was carried to glory in a whirlwind and in a chariot of fire. And Elisha witnessed this. He saw this happen. But just prior to this event, Elijah said to Elisha, he said, Elisha, before I go, I'm getting ready to go, but before I go, uh, what would you have me to do for you? He just, He's just given him he's just given him a blank check so to speak he's just saying what do you want what 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 can I give you ask what you will whatever you want and I'll do it for you now you know I don't know if the Lord could do that to a lot of us here tonight amen just to give us that carte blanche that blank check and say you can have anything you desire and I know there are promises that give that that are given to us in the word of God that tell us that we can have what things soever we desire when we pray but of course we have to understand that's all predicated on the will of God we have to pray and ask in line with the will of God but uh, you know I don't know that God could just come to some of us and say whatever you want you know he did that to Solomon you remember that and Solomon asked for wisdom and God said well I'll tell you what I'm pleased with that and because you didn't ask for wealth and didn't ask for riches didn't ask for the life of your enemies didn't ask for long life 
I'm just going to bless you with all that too. Praise God. But, 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 but you know, here he gives him kind of a blank, blank check. And, and, and he says, whatever you want. And I like what Elisha said. Because Elisha, Elisha showed where his heart really was. And he said, I want, Elijah, here's what I want. I want a double portion of the spirit that rested upon you and that rested upon your ministry. I want that, a double portion. I don't want what you've got. I want twice as much. Come on. I want a double portion of what you have in my life. And Elijah answered Elisha. And he said, well, you know what, son? He said, you've asked a hard thing thing. I, I like the notes in, in, in the expositor study Bible uh, that says that in the Hebrew it, it literally says you have made a great claim. Amen. You've made a great claim. But he said if you are with me when I'm taken up God will do that for you. See this is what we need in our life. This is what we need in our church. This is what we need. We need a double portion of the Holy Ghost. We need a double portion portion of God's power. We need a double portion of the anointing of the Spirit. Amen? See, we know this about Elisha, that Elisha was, Elisha was, was divinely, uh, divinely appointed of God. He was called of God and he was divinely appointed. But there's more to it than just being divinely appointed. You also need to be divinely anointed. Come on. Amen? It isn't enough just to be saved. You also need to be surrendered. It's not enough just to have the Holy Spirit. Somebody said, oh, I've got the Holy Spirit, but does the Holy Spirit have you? See, that's what we're looking for tonight. Amen? Not just to say, I've got the Holy Ghost, but I want to say, Holy Ghost, I want you to have me. That's when we start getting into revival mode. Amen? Hallelujah, and I really believe this. I really believe that God wants to fill you and me. He wants to fill us with the power of His Spirit. That God wants to give each one of us here at Abundant Life Family Church a double portion of the Holy Ghost. And that's what I'm praying for, and that's what I'm believing for, for this revival. That every one of you, every one of us, every person in this, in this that is a part of this church will get filled. If they don't have the Holy Ghost, they'll be filled with the Holy Ghost. If they do have the Holy Ghost, they'll be refilled with the Holy Ghost that everyone will have a double portion of the Spirit of God in their life. Amen? Oh, how many say, yeah, that's what I want, Pastor. That's what I want. Hallelujah. See, there are so many within the church world today that are not willing to take a hold of God and receive what God has for them. But I believe tonight, I just happen to believe tonight that I'm looking at a church here. I'm looking at a group of people of some saints here tonight who desire a double portion of the Spirit of God in their lives, who desire a double portion of the Spirit of God upon their church. Hallelujah, that's what we've got to have. Amen, that's what we've got to have. More, you can't get too much of God. You can't get too much of Him. Amen. But I wanted to notice a few things tonight about Elijah. And number one is the determination that he had, or I, I should say Elisha, as he was connected with Elijah in pursuit of the double portion. 
Because if we, are in, if we really want and we're in pursuit of the double portion, then we're first of all going to have to have a steadfast determination. That's got to be the first thing. And, and if you'll read uh, verses 1 through 7 of this second chapter, you'll notice again and again how determined Elisha was to have the power of God in his life. And I won't take time to read those verses, but, 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 but there was, you know, over and over, Elijah was trying to get Elisha to stay at a certain place. But he, he you know, he stuck to him like glue. He said, I'm not going to, I'm not staying here. I'm not, I'm going to move on. He was determined. See, Elisha, here's something about Elisha that we need to understand that, that I believe is really good. Elisha was a disciple of Elisha. Elijah. He was a disciple. For 10 years he had followed this man of God. Remember Brother Leon Batchelor preached on uh, how he poured water on the hands of Elijah. He was his disciple. He was a, a disciple is a learner. It's somebody who is under instruction and that's what we're supposed to be is to be disciples. That's what we're supposed to do is to make disciples. Come on somebody. Amen. Man. And so Elisha was a disciple of Elijah, and a disciple is one who follows his master wherever his master goes. A disciple is one who is determined that no matter what the cost, he's going to continue to follow the master. And it seems in these verses here in 2 Kings chapter 2, it seems that the master is trying to to discourage the disciple. That's what it looks like. I mean, he's testing him. Elijah's putting Elisha to a test, and he's testing him in a way, trying to get Elisha to stay in one place while he goes on. I think what he's doing is really trying to see how great his desire really is, how much, oh, hallelujah, how much do you really want what you say you want? Come on, somebody. Amen? And that's the thing God does so many times in our lives. When we're going through those, those times, and those tests. You ever wonder why it seems like sometimes God doesn't just answer the very minute we call? Because He wants to see how determined you really are. He wants to see how sincere you really are. He wants to see how, how, how what kind of desire you really have to get what you want from the Lord. And praise God, I can tell you tonight, when He sees that determination and that persistence, oh, hallelujah, He will always, God will always reward persistence and determination in our life. Amen. This man, Elisha, he was, he was determined. He was determined. He was knowing that if he's going to have the power of God, that he's going to have to continue to follow, and he refuses to give up. And every time Elijah would try to get him to stay in a certain place, well, you tarry here because I'm going on down. I'm going on down here to Jericho. You just stay here. No, sirree, I'm not staying. I'm sticking. I'm sticking right by your side. I'm staying right close to you. Amen. I'm not going anywhere. Hallelujah. It's just kind of like that's kind of like the way Ruth was when Naomi tried to get rid of Ruth. You know, you stay here in Moab. She said no. She said I'm going where you go. I'm following after you. Oh, that's what God's looking for. Here I go. That's what God's looking for tonight. He's looking for somebody that'll say, I don't care what comes or what goes. I'm sticking with Jesus. I'm a 
disciple. I'm a follower. I'm going to be obedient to the Lord and follow him. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. That's what God is looking for in our lives tonight. Amen. I'm going to continue to follow. So they go to Bethel. They go to Jericho. They go to Jordan. And every one of those places, Elijah says, you just stay here, son. I'm going on. But Elisha says, no way, Jose. Well, he didn't really say that. (laughs) But he did say, no, I'm staying the course. Why? Because he's determined. He's going to stick to his master like glue. Because why? He didn't want to miss out on what the Lord had in store for him. This is what it takes, church. This is what it takes to follow Jesus and to have the power of God upon your life and upon your ministry. This is what it takes to have the anointing of the Holy Ghost. That is a determination to follow Jesus. A determination that will overcome anything that comes against you. A determination that says, I'm not going to let anything stop me from having what God has in store for my life. I want all of God I can get and I'm determined that I'm going to press through. Every devil, every demon, every power of darkness, nothing will stop me from getting what God has in store for my life. Amen? Hallelujah. So this determination, it's it's a determination that overcomes discouragement and difficulty. It just refuses to quit. But when you notice some of these, there were three places that Elijah and Elisha traveled. And I thought this was very, this was key in this passage. Because in verse 2, verse 4, verse 6, they were at Bethel, they were at Jericho, and they were at Jordan. Now these were, what's the significance about these places? Mm. Oh, hallelujah. I'm starting to feel this. They were, they were, there's something that's significant about Bethel, Jericho, and Jordan. And I don't have time to go into it in detail. But you study these three places and there's something, they have a common denominator. And that is that these were all places that at one time had been significant places of the miracles of God. But now were, were given over to idolatrous worship and demonic power. Do you think I need to say that again? These were three places. Bethel, well, you know Bethel. It was the place where the ladder in heaven and Joseph said this is the house of God and he had an encounter with God. We studied about that some time back. You know what happened at Jericho. They marched around the walls. The power of God fell. They took the city. There was a great victory won there. And there at Jordan was where the the Jordan River opened up and and the children of Israel walked across on dry, dry ground. These were three places that were significant for the power of God and for the miracles of God but now they have been given over to 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 idolatry places that had these three places were places that that had scenes of former glory but that right then in the present they were there were places of shame these were memories listen to me church these three places were memories of what had been but was no more they were places of memories of where the glory one time was, where the power one time was, where God 
one time was manifesting his presence, but he wasn't doing it anymore. There's a lot of places like that today. And Elisha was not content to dwell in a place of past memories, but he was ready to move on to a place of present realities. And that's the way we've got to be. Thank God for my heritage. I thank God for what God has done in the past. But I can't live on what God done in the past. I've got to step out and say, I'm going on for the double portion. I want what God's got for me today in 2019. Amen? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's where we've got to come to, and that's what Elisha saw in these places. The people that had one time witnessed the power of God, but now were far from God and had a form of godliness, but was denying the power thereof. But he wanted more than that. I'm not satisfied with the status quo. Come on, amen. I'm not satisfied with getting stuck and just sitting Amen, where we're at. And just getting self-satisfied with where we're at. That's a Laodicean spirit. That's a lukewarm attitude that says we're rich and increased with goods. We've got everything we need. We don't need anything else. Jesus said to that church, he said, you don't know it, but you're wretched and you're miserable and you're poor and you're blind and you're naked. We, we can't be satisfied with where we're at. We can't satisfied to dwell in the past. We've got to move out and move forward at, for what God, listen to me, I'm telling you, hey, in the last 15 years, God has done some awesome some things here at Abundant Life Family Church. From where we come from, Joe and Vicky was there, Buddy Marsha was there. From where we came from to where God has brought us now, I can say is a it, it's all God. It's all a miracle. It's not Rick Hensley. It's all the Lord has done it. Amen? And we've had some great revivals and we've had some great moves of God and we've saw God do some great things and we've experienced some great things. But I can tell you, Abundant Life Family Church, that we cannot live on past dreams and past blessings and past victories. We had a powerful move of God here in 2017, but we can't go back and say, oh, it'd never be like that again. I'm here to tell you tonight that the best is yet to come. God's best is yet to come. Hallelujah. He always saves the best wine till the last. Amen. Hallelujah, I believe that tonight. Elisha had to overcome some, some difficulties to get to that double portion. You can expect some, if, listen, if you want the double portion, you can expect some double persecution. Because any time a church, any church that rises up and says, listen, we're, we're, I'm, making, I'm, 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 uh, I'm drawing a line, so to speak, probably drawing a line in the sand tonight. Because the devil's saying, the devil's going to say, Let's just see how much, how bad you really want that double portion. Because any church, any individual that makes up their mind and makes that determination that they're going to have more of God, they're going, there's going to be a fight on their hands. When, when any church says, we're going to be a Holy Ghost church, well, the devil's going to rise up and do everything he can to try to stop that church from fulfilling the plan and the call of God. And Elisha faced that. He had to overcome ridicule. He had to overcome scorning. Each place that Elisha 
Elisha passed through, there was those sons of the prophets, every one of those towns, and they would say to him, hey, don't you know that the, that you're, that the Lord's going to take away your master from your head today? Basically what they were doing. I've often wondered about that. Why'd they say that everywhere he went? Basically what they were doing was kindly making, they were kindly scoffing Elisha. What they were saying was, hey, you followed this man Elijah, this prophet, you've stayed close to him all these years. You've been his disciple and where has it gotten you? Now he's getting ready to go. The Lord's going to take him away and and what's it going to mean to you? What are you going to do then? Amen. That's basically what they were doing. And they were trying to make Elisha look foolish that he had followed God. That that is what they were trying to tell. That's what the world tries to tell us today. That the Pentecostal way and the power of the Holy Ghost is in the past. It's over. You need to find something else. But I'm kind of, I like what Elisha told them when they began to ridicule him every time and said, what good is it? That Elijah's going to leave here you just well follow get a hold of something new and he told them just hush your mouth I will still follow after what I need from the Lord amen Pentecost is still real I said Pentecost is still real I said the power of Pentecost is still real in 2019 I don't care what anybody says amen The Holy Ghost way has been derided. It's been scorned and ridiculed by the modern church. And the pressure is on today for every every Pentecostal preacher to just go with the flow. But I am determined. I'm talking about determination. I said I am determined that in a day when the Spirit of God and the holiness church and the power of God is being ridiculed and scorned, I want to seek after that double portion of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It's going to take that to get us through in these last days I really believe that with all of my heart amen so you've got to have a determination but secondly there's something else that Elisha had in following Elijah he had a spiritual identification he had a spiritual identification it said in verse 8 that when they came to the Jordan River that Elijah took his mantle and he wrapped his mantle his, his, prof, his prophet's cloak and he wrapped it together And he smote the waters of the Jordan River. And miraculously, the waters were divided in two. And it says this in verse 8. And so that they too, they too, T-W-O, went over on dry ground. Which two is he talking about? Well, he's talking about Elijah and Elisha. Those two, the disciple and the master. They too stood by the Jordan together and Elijah took the mantle, smote the water and they too went over together across that Jordan. What are you talking about preacher? Well, here it is. The disciple was identifying himself with the master. See, if you and I are to have the power of God, if you and I are to have the anointing of the Holy Ghost, If you and I in this church are to have the double portion of the Spirit of God in our life, then we must identify with our Master knowing that Jesus Christ is the only way to holiness and godliness and righteousness. Amen? 
See, holiness does not lead to Christ. Christ leads to holiness. In the past, we've had, we've had the teaching that said, well, if you can dress a certain way or cut your hair a certain way or, you know, do certain things, that you can, you, you know, that, that leads to Christ. No, it don't. It leads to being self-righteous. But praise God, when you find Jesus, he, he will lead you in the way of holiness. He will change your life. Amen? But these two, the, 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 the disciple and the master, here they are standing by the Jordan River in verse 7. And that river, you know what the Jordan River symbolizes. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying, I don't want to rush, but I, got, I want to get finished. And I don't want to be here all night, keep you here all night. But this Jordan River, you know what it symbolizes, don't you? I know people say, well, you know what it symbolizes uh, crossing over and it, it symbolizes death and going to heaven. Well, it does symbolize death and going into a better land and a promised land. But it's not that promised land wasn't heaven because there's giants and enemies over there. And no giants and enemies in heaven. How many is with me? It's the Jordan symbolizes death, but it symbolizes death to self and death to the old life. It symbolizes death to the defeated life and resurrection to the victorious life. See, here they went across the Jordan, and it was it was a type of leave them leaving the carnal life and entering into the spiritual life. They were leaving the wilderness and entering to the promised land. That's what Israel had done so many years before that's what that's a typology of you know Jesus was baptized in that Jordan River wasn't he Jesus went under John baptized him in the Jordan and that baptism of Jesus symbolized what it symbolized his death burial and resurrection and it's the same thing it symbolizes our dying with the Lord Jesus Christ our being raised with him to walk in newness of life Paul said it this way in Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What this represents, Elijah and Elijah together, both of them together, the disciple with the master entering into death, that disciple with his master entering into the rivers of death and coming over on the other side signifying a death and a resurrection that is what happened to you and that is what happened to me when you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life the old Ricky died and was crucified hallelujah and the new Ricky was raised up to walk in newness of life hallelujah Man, I'm glad Buddy built this thing strong. Woo! Not going to cave in, is it? See, it's an identification with Christ in His death and resurrection. We must identify or deny ourselves when we identify with Him. We must deny ourselves and take up our cross every day. Woo! Hallelujah! See, that's the thing we have to ask ourselves. Have we been through the Jordan with the Master? Have we been, have we died out to sin 
and self and are we ready now to get the double portion? Because the double portion don't come on that side of Jordan. The double portion comes over on this side of Jordan after you've been through death and crucifying that flesh and crucifying self and your own self-will. That's when you're cleaned up and ready for that double portion of the Holy Ghost in your life. Can you give Jesus a praise? Amen. You know, there's people that say, well, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you got to die daily. you got to be crucified, crucify your flesh every day. No. The, the, listen, that is a one-time thing. When you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you entered into His death, according to Romans 6. You entered into His death. You were baptized into His death. You died with Him, and your old man was crucified. Then you were raised with Him, and you are walking in newness of life. You don't get crucified all over again, but you got to live in that crucifixion. You got to, what did He say in Romans 6? You have to reckon yourself indeed dead unto sin and alive. When that Temptation comes, you just say, Well, devil, what are you talking about? You're talking to the new Ricky. You ain't talking to that old Ricky. That old boy died. Hallelujah with Jesus. I'm dead to sin. It has no dominion over me. It has no hold on me. Because Jesus Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. And there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Woo, hallelujah. Are we getting there toward revival? We're getting there. Amen. So it's on that side of dying with Christ, dying to self, being raised a brand new man, living, living by the, by the power of the Holy Spirit now. That's when you're ready for the double portion. But then he had... A strong supplication. It came to pass, look at verse 9, that when they were gone over that Elijah asked him, said, what will I do for you before I'm taken away? And Elijah said, I pray let a double portion of your, of your spirit be on me. I pray let a double portion of your spirit be on me. See, power and prayer are linked together. They're inseparable. I said, power and prayer are inseparable. Whew. I, I don't have to listen to a preacher preach very long. I can tell whether he's a prayer or not. <laughs> Boy, it's getting quiet now. We're not going to have a revival. We're not going to have double portion. We're not going to have a move of God without prayer. Without prayer. It's birth through prayer. We've got to have prayer. Amen. Hallelujah, God gives us the fullness of His Spirit in answer to prayer. Jesus said, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? He's waiting for us to ask. we got to be like that guy that went to the door of his friend at midnight and said, I've got some company, lend me three loaves. And he said, no way, 
man. Go on back home. I'm in bed. My kids are in bed, and I ain't giving up. I ain't getting up to give you nothing. But the friend just kept knocking. That's what the Lord's looking for. He knocked so long that the Bible said not because he was a friend, but because of his persistence, because of his importunity, he got up out of bed and gave him all the bread he wanted. I tell you, God is looking for a church today that will stand at that door and knock and say, we're not leaving until we get the bread from heaven. We're not leaving until we have an outpouring of the Holy Ghost and a double portion of the Spirit of God. Prayer and supplication. Amen? This is what Elisha did. Hallelujah. There's got to be prayer. You remember what happened in the book of Acts. It said that, in, in, of course, Pentecost was, was the result of a 10-day prayer meeting. But remember what happened in Acts 4, 31, a, a, a while after, a little while after Pentecost. said that when they gathered together and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. When? When was the place shaken? When were they all filled with the Holy Ghost? When they lifted their voice and when they prayed. Amen. Oh, you can't pray too much. I, I pray at the beginning of the service to open the service. I pray in the middle of the service. And guess what? We're going to pray at the end of the service because you can't pray too much. Amen. You can't pray too much. Hallelujah. I believe if we'll pray. How long we've been having prayer meetings at Abundant Life since we was meeting down there in the storage buildings for t- on Tuesdays at 11 to 12 for a long, long time. And I'll tell you what, we have saw the results. But but listen to me, church. We saw results from those prayer meetings. But I believe with all my heart that we're getting ready to see God do something extraordinary. All those prayers, all those tears, all of that supplication. And God is saying, these folks mean business. I'm going to open up the windows of heaven over them and pour them out a blessing that there's not even room room enough for them to receive it's prayer and supplication that we've got to make to the Lord I'm going to move on this is my last point and this is what I wanted to get to not only did Elisha have a determination he had an identification he had supplication but, the, but, the, but last of all, and here's, here's what it comes down to. We've got to have appropriation. We've got to have appropriation. What do you mean? We have to receive. We have to receive what the Lord is giving us. Now, there's a time to pray. There's a time to ask. There's a time to believe. And then there's a time to receive the answer that God has for us. See, Elijah had told Elisha that if he was with him and saw him when he was taken away, that he would get a double portion. Isn't that what he said? Elisha stayed the course. He stayed with Elijah until the miraculous, till, till Elijah miraculously ascended into heaven. But notice what happened. When, when Elijah ascended into heaven in that chariot, those horses of fire in that chariot of fire, as he's going up, 
there was something that Elijah left behind. And it was a mantle. It was his prophet's mantle. He ascended, but he left the prophet's mantle for that next generation to step in and pick it up and carry it on. Are you with me? Oh, hallelujah. I could preach on this part all night. I mean, I, my, listen, my, my, my mom and dad and aunts and uncles was raised up, got saved during the great healing revival of the 40s and 50s. Amen. I'm going to tell you the God, where's the God of Elijah? Where's the God of that healing revival of the 40s and 50s? Where's the God of the, of the Welsh revival? Where's the God of the Cane Ridge revival? Where's the God of Elijah? I'm telling you, he's still here. He hadn't changed. Amen. He's, 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 Jesus has ascended, but he's left his mantle. Somebody ought to say amen tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He's left the mantle which symbolized the anointing. And it symbolized the prophet's office. And it said in verse 13 that Elisha, he took up the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that's now, see, he had to, he took, listen to me, he took, took you hear what I'm saying he took the mantle glory to God I don't know if you're getting it or not he took the mantle it was available to him he didn't walk off and leave it laying there on the ground he picked it up and took it out and walked over with it to the Jordan River it's appropriation he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and he smote the waters and he said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither and Elisha went over just like he had done with his master just a little while earlier. See, that's the simple appropriation. The mantle was left behind and he, he was left behind and Elisha took it up, took up the mantle that fell from him. If you don't get anything else, you've got to get this. See, you've got to have, you, you may be here tonight and you may have a desire for more of God and you may have a desire and probably you do or you wouldn't even be here on a Wednesday night. Amen? You, you have a desire for a double portion of the Holy Spirit and you've prayed and you've asked God for His power. You've asked God for to fill you and to refill. You've asked God to anoint you. You've asked God to use you. And, and listen, he hears that prayer and he answers that prayer. But let me tell you, you have got, I have got now to reach out in simple faith and appropriate the fullness of the Spirit in our life. See, listen to me, saints of God. Listen to me, abundant life. Holy Ghost power is the only power that's going to accomplish what God wants to accomplish in this church. It's not going to be by might. It's not going to be by human wisdom. It's not going to be by human ability. It's not going to be by church growth seminars. It's not going to be by, 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 by 40 days of purpose. Come on somebody. It's not going to be by 24 to double. It's not going to be by any of the concoctions that man can come up with. The only thing that's going to accomplish what God wants to accomplish is the th- thing that has always done it and that is the power of the Holy Ghost we've got to have the power of the Holy Ghost hallelujah I'm about to have a Pentecostal spell amen it's the only power not by our might or power Zacharias said but by my spirit saith the Lord 
So he takes that mantle. We've got to be a people in the day we're living in. Every time I go through, I'm, I, I get, I'm almost tired of Facebook. You flip through there, all you see is what Isaiah talked about. Those are calling evil good and calling good evil. Over and over. The day we're living in, we've got to have the power of God upon us to make it through. The only hope for this nation, for God's church, is revival. It's revival. Jesus has went to heaven. Jesus has ascended. He's seated at the right hand of God. But before he left, hallelujah, he left a mantle. Glory to God. Brother, yeah, Brother Butch going to help me preach this message. Amen. Amen. He left that mantle. Before he left, he said, it is, it, he said, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I go away, I will send him. I will pray the Father. And he will send you another comforter, another helper, that he may abide with you forever. He has not left us orphans. And right before the ascension of Jesus, he said this. He said, Behold, he's got those disciples and all those assembled there. He said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry you in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany and lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass that while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. These disciples watched as Jesus ascended into glory. He lifted and went up, raised higher. He saw they saw him ascend and the clouds carry him and receive him out of their sight. But Jesus had given them a final message and said you go back to Jerusalem and you tarry there for I'm sending you the promise of the Father. I'm sending the mantle come on somebody. The mantle that I wore in my ministry for three and a half years on this earth that power, that anointing, that mantle I'm sending it back to you that you can have the same power and anointing that I have operated in in my ministry. That's what the Holy Ghost, Acts 1 and 8, he said and he gave them that promise and you shall receive what? Power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. We've got to have that power. Hallelujah. And can I tell you what? They returned to Jerusalem and a 10 day prayer meeting and, at the, and, when, and the Bible says and when the day of Pentecost was fully come that suddenly suddenly there was a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it set upon each of them and they
they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Jesus was taken up and the Holy Ghost came down. Jesus was taken up and the power of the Spirit came down. That power of the Holy Ghost is related to the ascension of the Master. Elijah was taken and he left something behind. And can I tell you, Jesus went to sit at the right hand of God, but he left something behind. The power of the Holy Ghost. We got to pick it up and appropriate it and be filled with that double portion. Amen. That's what we've got to have today. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight? Let me tell you something. Holy Ghost power is available today. That's what the church is lacking. Elijah left behind a mantle. Represented the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit working in his life. That same power of the Holy Ghost is is available to you and I today. God wants to baptize every single believer with the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants to fill you to overflowing and give you a double portion. I just wonder how many here at Abundant Life are going to claim your double portion of the Spirit in this revival. Amen. Not going to be satisfied with a brill cream shot, a little dab do you. Not going to be satisfied with just a single dip. Amen. I want all that God has got for me. Can I get an amen? That same Holy Ghost power, that same anointing that was on Jesus, that same anointing has been given to the church. Listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Elijah had left and ascended, but God had remained. He got the double portion. Elijah got, uh, listen, Elisha got it because Elijah had eight miracles. Elisha had 16 miracles. It was exactly double. Amen. He died. Listen to me. Oh, I've got to, I've got to quit. He died having only, having only performed 15 miracles. And somebody said, I guess the devil was saying, ha, 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 ha. He didn't get the double. Go, ho, 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 ho. And so, but what happened? You know when the 16th miracle came? There was some guys through a dead man. They was, they was, they was running from some robbers. Threw a dead corpse, a dead man's corpse, into a tomb. And that just happened to be the tomb where they had buried the old prophet Elisha. And the bones of Elisha also left there was some prophet's bones.